What's up? It is Bad Podcast. It's me again. Uh, I kind of fucked up this week because my brain's broken. And so, yeah, it's just me. There's no guests. There's no Pop-Tart Pete. Um, I couldn't figure out how to do remote calling until three days after we were supposed to record, so here we are. It's going to be a subpar, subpar episode of a subpar podcast, but hey, no one really listens to this anyway. Didn't want to skip a week, so uh, instead, I uh, had a bit of Kratom from alchemistkratom.com. And we're going to read from the critically acclaimed book, Hell Yeah, a romance novel by Carolyn Brown. Subtitle, Are Sparks Gonna Fly When He Shows Up? And that's, uh, that's all I really got this week. So, buckle up. Um, other books by this uh, noted award-winning author are One Lucky Cowboy, Getting Lucky, Lucky in Love, and who could forget the classic, I Love This Bar. (laughs) Here we go. Chapter one of the book, Hell Yeah. Tan. Hell yeah. The woman yelled with Gretchen Wilson as she sang Redneck Woman and asked the redneck girls to give her a big hell yeah as the New Year's countdown began. Nine. Hell yeah. Eight. Hell yeah. Everyone held up their plastic flutes of champagne. Seven. Hell yeah. The men in the honky-tonk beer joint joined in with the women. Six, hell yeah. Five, hell yeah. Kathy O'Dell was halfway across the dance floor, headed for the bar when she stopped to look at everyone who'd be kissing someone in four more seconds. She remembered the previous year when she had someone to kiss, even if he did turn out to be a first-rate son of a bitch. She, uh, she missed the excitement of bringing in a brand new year with a kiss. Four, Hell yeah. She looked up to see a cowboy coming right at her. She blinked several times. It wasn't possible. Her imagination was playing tricks like it had for 12 years. Three. Hell yeah. Watching him cross the floor in those long strides made goosebumps the size of mountains rise up her arms. Two. Hell yeah. Was he deranged or just drunk? If he didn't stop soon, he would plow right into her. One. Hell yeah. The noise shook the rafters. He stopped with the toes of his scrubbed-up boots barely an inch from her feet, wrapped his strong arms around her, tilted her chin with the flat part of his fist, and kissed her hard and passionately. 
hell yeah, the whole crowd roared when their kisses ended. Hell no, Kathy mumbled. She wiped the back of her hand across her mouth, but it didn't, but it didn't take the red-hot sting from her lips. <laughs> he was exactly what she liked in a man. Tight jeans, denim jacket over a knit shirt, blonde hair, and dear lord, were those blue eyes. He looked so much like a grown-up version of her first love that, after the kiss... And, when the time and noise at last stood still, she wondered why she didn't wear contact lenses. Eyes the color of a Texas summer sky stared down into hers from behind wire-rimmed glasses. A wide grin split across his face, showing off perfectly even and white teeth. No one had teeth that perfect. No one except Bobby Cole, and that was water under the bridge that had been burned years and years ago. Evidently, a million-dollar smile hadn't left much for haircuts, though, because blonde curls touched his shirt collar. Happy New Year. He was surprised that he could speak in a coherent sentence. He only meant to kiss the woman for New Year's. He didn't mean for her to glue his boots on the hardwood dance floor and put a shit-eating grin on his face. He'd have to wipe the smile from his face or eat dirt. He'd have to open up his mouth and shove it, shovel in a spoonful. Hot damn, but that woman had the softest, sexiest lips he'd ever kissed. Who the hell are you? Kathy asked. I'm Travis Henry. I'm supposed to meet Merle and Angel Avery here. I'm at the honky-tonk, aren't I? Kathy pointed to the pool tables. His name was Travis Henry, but he damn sure reminded her of Bobby Cole with those pretty blue eyes. On second look, Travis had darker blonde hair and wore it a lot longer than Bobby's crew cut. After the third look, she decided that Travis Henry was a hell of a lot sexier. This is going way too fast. Angel, darling, Travis yelled and left Kathy standing there with a bar rag thrown over her shoulder, a tray in her hand, a burning mouth, and a gushy warm feeling deep down in her gut. I think that's a stab wound, Kathy, from a knife. <clears throat> oh, God. She got out a dozen mason jars for the next rush of the bar for beer. Her crowd might toast with champagne, but it wasn't long until they lined up wanting something to take that sweet taste out of their mouths. Besides, she needed something to focus on other than the tall cowboy who reminded her of the boy who'd set her hormones into overdrive when she was 16. He'd been so damn pretty and was a star of the football team. He'd been the one to kiss her the first time, and then the next day he asked Alice James to the prom. He and Alice married right out of high school, and he ran a service station in Mena, Arkansas. Alice worked as a teller at the bank, and they had two kids in grade school. That's important information, I guess. Who knows that much about their, like, lovers? The person that stole their lover. What the fuck? Creepy. Moving on. Who kissed you? You've been holding out on me. That's one fine-looking cowboy. If I was 20 years younger, he'd be going to bed with me tonight. 
give me a Miller, darling. God almighty, that but that champagne shit is horrible. Jezzy said as she set her empty champagne flute on the bar and slid onto a stool. He just plowed through the door, came across the floor, and kissed me when the countdown hit one, Kathy said. Looks like he's budged with Angel Avery. Guess he didn't kiss her because Garrett had a, a lip lock on her. Wonder if Garrett's kiss is powerful enough to throw off her pool game. Handsome as that Garrett M- McElroy is. It would damn sure make me think about something other than racking up wooden wooden balls if I was 30 years younger. Kathy drew up a quart of Miller and set it in front of Jesse. Who are you kissing? See that big old biker back there with the Celtic cross tat on his arm? Oh, the white power guy. (laughs) Kathy looked across the room at a middle-aged biker with a mohawk haircut a braided goatee and a leather vest with enough chains to rope in a 40-acre farm. She quickly scanned the rest of the room and didn't see another tatted cross. She couldn't take her eyes from the biker. Are you serious? Not him. That cute little fellow next to him in the red sweater. Couldn't you just take him home and eat him for a midnight snack? Jersey fanned her face with her hands. Kathy sized up the man. Tall, lanky, middle-aged with a few wrinkles. Definitely not sexy and absolutely not Jezzy's type. Jezzy laughed so hard she lost her breath. When she finally got control, she wiped her eyes with a paper napkin, then held up her finger and thumb like a gun. Bang. You've been had. I really did have you going, didn't I? I kissed the biker, Kathy. The man next to him is married. His wife is in the bathroom. Can't you see the cottontail expression on his face? I'll get even, said Kathy. And what is a cottontail expression? Little wifey's in the bathroom. He's imagining all the cute little things with perky boobs and barely enough top to cover them are honing in their sights on him. He's getting ready to run faster than a cottontail with a coyote half hot after his cute little white tail. A lot of illusions whiteness in this uh in the first five pages here back to the story why because if the wife comes out of the bathroom she'll think he encountered the women to make a play for him and he won't get anything but a cold shoulder tonight and that and he only gets laid once a year on new year's when she's about half plastered jesse explained you should write a book kathy said not me. I'm no writer. I'm a pale, uh, plain old beer-drinking, good-timing woman who's never going to learn a difference in bull balls and cow otters if it kills me. Don't be oversleeping tomorrow morning. Dinner is at noon. That's lunchtime. Come late and you might find yourself going hungry. Jessie picked up her beer, slid off her stool, carried over to the table where her friends, Leroy and his daughter, Sally, waited. Kathy made her way down the bar, refilling pint and quart mason jars of beer, making the occasional mixed drink and wiping spills. When she reached the end toward the pool tables, Travis waited with a bill in his hand. One of them big jars of curs not the damn light stuff either. An angel wants a margarita, 
he said. She reached for the bill and he dropped it. They both grabbed at the same time and their hands touched, sending sparks flashing around them like a meteorite shower. Jesus Christ. It didn't surprise him that he'd always been drawn to tall blonde girls. Besides, she was downright hot. Cheap whiskey hitting an empty stomach wouldn't be a bit hotter than that kiss. He got a sudden visual of those long legs stretched out before him on a bed with her hair spread out on a pillow right beside him. He put another idiot grin on his face. The changes of perspective here are uh, pretty bad. Patron or Jose, she asked. Patron, only the best for the angel. He liked that bartender's voice. Just enough husky to go with that deep southern accent. You from Alabama, Georgia, he asked. Neither. I'm from Arkansas. She filled the beer first and slid it toward him. He reached out, stopped the motion, and brought it to his mouth in one long draw. He'd grown up in Fort Smith, and he didn't have that much of a southern accent. She must have been... Oh, what the fuck? He'd grown up in Fort Smith, and he didn't have that much of a southern accent. She must have been from way down south towards Louisiana. Anger rose from Kathy's boots all the way to the top of her blonde hair. Travis had kissed her, and minutes later, he ordered an expensive drink for another woman. Something damn sure wasn't right with that picture, other than it was a hell of a way to start the new year. Someone plugged coins into the jukebox, and Gretchen's voice singing, Redneck Woman, once again had dancers on the floor with the women yelling, Hell yeah, every time Gretchen asked for it. Travis scanned the crowd, but there was no way to know which women owned the place. With a name like Kathy, he'd imagined her to be about 50. She could be that redhead over there sitting on the dark hair with the dark-haired man and the younger girl. Or perhaps she was a gray-haired woman sitting in the back corner with a table of other middle-aged women. He'd asked Merle or Angel to point her out before they left. He sure didn't want to get on her bad side. Not when he'd be living right there in Mingus. Gretchen sang that folks might think she was a trashy and a little too hardcore, and that she was a redneck woman, but a ha, not a high-class broad. This is borderline copyright infringement. Travis eyed the bartender up and down and decided that she was the poster child for this song. She might look the part of the Barbie doll with all that height, blonde ponytail, flawless complexion, but she was a redneck woman for sure. Her jeans stretched tight across her rounded bottom and clinched onto her small waist with a tooled leather belt laced on the edges with silver. The bright blue t-shirt, tight enough to hug every curve, was tucked into the jeans. Heavy lashes framed her steely blue eyes. Her face was angular but soft, and those full ripe lift begged to be kissed again. She definitely brought in the customers and was damned efficient behind the bar. Other than the bouncer sitting outside the door making the Terminator look like a pansy, she alone she was alone and nothing appeared to rile her. He touched his lips where her kiss was still warm. Really? Is she still feeling that kiss after like 
10 minutes of bar time in here. I uh, have issues with the chronology of the, the events going on. Anyway. Da, da, da. He never done anything so impulsive in his life. But when he walked in the honky-tonk door and the countdown had begun, well, he wanted to bring in the new year with the kiss. And there she was in the middle of the floor looking around like she was lost. He hadn't realized she was a bartender until out of, until after a jolt of desire shook up his insides and it had his heart pumping like a field mouse with a buzzard zeroed in on him. <clears throat> Too bad, he muttered. Leroy perched on the stool next to him. What's too bad? Nothing, said Travis. Hey, what part of Arkansas are you from? He yelled at Kathy above the noise of a full house with music on the jukebox. Why? Kathy asked. Ever been to Fort Smith? That's where I grew up, he said. I know where it is, Kathy said. She touched her lips. They hadn't burned completely off her face, but they were still pretty damn warm. Leroy signaled for another beer. He was Jesse's best friend who lived with her out on the ranch. A heavy sprinkling of gray salted his dark hair. His face was a study in angles and planes, and his eyes didn't miss a thing, including the puzzled look on Travis's face. His green eyes were set in a face that had more secrets than the government. He'd spent 25 years in the Marines, and he'd seen four stints in two separate wars. I'm Leroy Folsom, and you are... He bumped Travis on the shoulder. Travis peeled his eyes off Kathy. I'm Travis Henry. Pleased to meet you. Is that lady you're sitting with, the owner of this place? Hell no. Jesse owns a spread between here and Gordon. She doesn't know jack shit about cows or ranching. I came to these parts to teach her. Haven't seen you around here before. What are you doing in Mingus? Then who's the owner? That'd be... Dot, dot, dot. Here's your beer, margarita, and change. Ando likes some stout with a double shot of Patron, if you're wondering why it's so expensive. What can I get you, Leroy? Something to get to that champagne out of your mouth, Kathy asked. Leroy nodded. I need an icy cold Coors. Damn champagne tastes like warm piss. What? First of all, Coors tastes like warm piss, Leroy, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Anyway. How would you know what warm piss tastes like? Kathy asked. Leroy leaned across the bar. I'd tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. That line is so old, it's threadbare. Kathy handed him the beer, took his money, and headed down the bar where someone waved to get her attention. You know Kathy? Leroy asked. Nope, Travis answered. Then why'd you kiss her? It was just a New Year's Eve kiss, Travis said. You stole my kiss, Leroy told him. Kathy had worked her way back down the bar and gotten in on the end of that conversation. She shook her finger at Leroy. He didn't steal your kiss. You were locking lips with that cute little brunette out there on the dance floor, and I wouldn't have kissed you anyway, Leroy. You're old enough to be my father. Hey, I'm only 18 years older than you. That's not even enough for a May-December. My father was only 18 when I was born. Leroy sighed. When I was wearing a uniform, women didn't hurt my feelings like that. 
You are out of uniform now, and you're too damn tough for your feelings to be hurt, Kathy said. Leroy chuckled, picked up his beer, and carried it back to the table where he and Jesse put their heads together. Kathy shook her head. That was an obvious fishing expedition. What? Travis asked. Nothing. You better get that drink over the Angel before it gets warm. Guess so. Travis carried his beer and Angel's margarita back to the tables. Kathy had pegged. I think I cut it out. Kathy had pegged. Pegged, 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 pegged. Kathy had pegged Angel Avery and Garrick McElroy for a couple, but maybe she'd been wrong. They would gotten on like wildfire from the moment they were introduced. They both loved eight ball, and they looked so dang cute together. Angel with her kinky red hair and feisty attitude, and Garrett with his dark brooding looks. Kathy could see their relationship going into one of those things that lasted the right on past life and into eternity. At least until Travis Henry had arrived. If he was the thing that kept them apart, she'd never forgive him. Garrett had come into the area the previous fall to run the Double M Ranch between Hucka Bay and Morgan Mill. At the time, he'd had a serious girlfriend, but she hadn't been able to withstand a long-distance relationship. The first time he and Angel mate across the pool table in the honky-tonk, Kathy knew they'd found their soulmates, and now fate had thrown Travis into the mix. Was it going to be one of those horrid love triangles? Merle leaned onto the custom-made cue stick and watched from the sidelines for a while, then put the stick in a hard case that looked like a gangster's rifle case and headed for the bar. Merle and Ruby Lee had moved into Mingus together back in the 60s. Ruby had built the honky-tonk beer joint, and then Merle designed the fancy western shirts that sold like hotcakes in Japan and other foreign countries. Both of them were rich enough to buy Palo Pinto County and plow it under when Ruby died. The one thing blacker than Merle's hair was a road tar, and the only thing more with more rats in it than the sl- was the slums of a third world country. It was teased and sprayed into submission and stacked high on her head. She wore tight jeans and a purple western shirt with a multicolored butterfly applied to the back yoke. To reach five feet, she had to rely on cowboy boots with a heel. That night they were yellow and matched a western belt that had closed with a that closed with a big rhinestone buckle, the shape of a horseshoe. So, Travis kissed you? She hopped up on an empty bar stool. Why in the devil is everyone so intrigued with the fact that a cowboy kissed me? It's New Year's, for God's sakes. It was a kiss. I didn't have sex with him on the dance floor. Why? Why what? Kathy asked. Why didn't you have sex with him on the dance floor? Might have done you some good. All you do is run this beer joint. You're a you're as big of a Herman as Daisy used to be. Kathy shrugged. Anything wrong with that? Merle set the beer bottle down after a long drink. 
gonna grow up to be just like me, 70 years old, old enough money to buy Texas and couldn't care less. Time to retire, but what the hell would you do if you did? So? Kathy asked. Merle laughed. Just remember I told you so. I'm brewing around all those tax papers in the next couple of days. I'd like to get that done early on so the good old government can have my money to buy fancy jets. Bring it any time next week afternoon. I'm a bear in the mornings. So is Angel, but she has to get up to work on Monday morning. Merle looked over at the honky-tonk. I miss the old crowd. Me too, said Kathy. I've seen him come and go for years, but that last one was sure a lot of fun. Who would have thought Sugar's mama, C-H-I-G-G-E-R, little close, little, little, little close under the collar, would have really got old Joe Bob and Billy Bob Walker both married off in three months' time. Kathy shivered. You see that woman coming, you yell right loud, and I'll light a shuck for the higher country. I swear, if she wasn't religious, she'd be selling voodoo out of her back door. She might be anyway. The religion thing might just be a cover to keep them from stringing her up. They don't hang witches. They burn them at the stake, Merle laughed. Why are you so afraid of that woman? You remember back when... Sugar, that's what I'm going to say because the way it's spelled in here is too close for my comfort. And Jim Bob got married and Daisy and I went to her backyard dinner reception meeting. Merle nodded. Well, Sugar's mama said that she was finding a wife for Joe Bob and Billy Bob and a husband for me. I was hoping that she forgot about me, but she might sneak up on my blind side. I'll keep an eye out for you. I see her coming around with one of them little dolls that's got the pin stuck in it. We'll both head for the hills. Merle carried her beer back to the pool tables. Angel was bent over the terrible, and Garrett was looking at her like he couldn't carry her back to his ranch and never let up. What? Angel was bent over the table, and Garrett was looking at her like he could carry her back to his ranch and never let her out of his sight again. Moving on. It was love at first sight, and those kinds of miracles were what made all women believe there was a knight in shining armor out there waiting for her. Carolyn Brown's words, not mine. It was the pot of ever of happy ever after gold at the end of the rainbow. Kathy swore she'd shoot Travis Henry between the eyes if he messed it up. Who was he anyway, and what evil wind blew him into the honky-tonk? <clears throat> Travis had a hip popped up on the side of the other pool table. Merle said something to him, and he smiled. Heat vibration stirred in the depth of Kathy's heart and warmed her up from the inside out. Between customers, she stole glances that way and looked her fill of him. He was at least six feet three inches because he was slightly taller than she was. He had dishwater blonde hair. What? Dishwater blonde hair that just crawled out of bed look. Black brown, thick lashes and brows. Nice wide chest that narrowed to a tight, 
firm rear end. Pop-Tart Pete has entered the building. No, I work tomorrow. Have you had some beers, Pop-Tart? Possibly. Possibly, maybe. Awesome. Do you want to get in on some commentary on the book? Hell yeah. All right. Let me take a quick break here and add Pop-Tart Pete into the mix. Pop-Tart Pete entering the battlefield. (laughs) Pop-Tart Pete has entered the chat room. Hell yeah. (laughs) Apparently. The name of this great book. All right. I brought you up to speed, more or less. Yes. On what's going so on. Um, this guy apparently walks up to a woman in the bar and kisses her on and New Year's Eve. Kisses her on New Year's Eve because that's the thing you do. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, normal. like, also it's a cute thing with couples, but strangers. No, that's just not not so much not cool at all. Do not ever do that. In anybody. real life. If this ever gets out to anybody in the world. Don't do don't that. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> don't it's do that. It's just rude. Yeah, it is uncourteous. Uncourteous. There's a lot of boundary issues going on there. Total lack of boundaries. Uh, uh, I'm a big cowboy. I'm going to go up to this lady. Was she the bartender? Yeah, she was the bartender, yeah. too. What the fuck? Yeah. What? <laughs> anyway. I would be the first person to call the cops on you, first of all. Take you the fuck down yeah. to the And also, everybody in the bar who knows that person is going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Apparently not in this bar. Everyone's like, oh, he's looker. Oh, he's special because he's got a face. <laughs> Blonde hair and blue eyes. I don't know what a face means. <laughs> I'm not attracted to anything. Uh, Yay, being asexual. Are are you ace now? Hella. No, it's been a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just been a minute. It's been a minute. Same. All right, let's talk about Travis, though. Yes. Travis, the boy who done kissed the bartender. Oh, damn. <clears throat> The boy. Travis had a hip popped up on the side of the other pool table. Merle said something to him and he smiled. Heat vibration started in the depth of Kathy's heart. Kathy is the main protagonist here. Uh, She's the bartender. Heat in her heart. And warmed her up from the inside out. Between customers, she still glances that way and looked her fill of him. He was at least six foot three inches because he was slightly taller than she was. He had dishwasher blonde hair with that just crawled out of bed look. So it looked like shit. (laughs) And she really dug it. (laughs) Light brown, thick lashes and brows. A nice wide chest that narrowed to a tight, firm rear end. Oh, The whole picture sent her hormones to singing one of Dolly's old country tunes. Why'd you come in looking like that? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, my reaction too. I feel like 
I think that about myself a lot. When I come in like to a place, I'm like, why did I fucking come here looking? And I, and I don't care. <laughs> it's real easy. Uh, it's okay. By closing time, the beer joint had thinned out to only a few pool players. Five minutes and the party is over, Tinker called out as he carried a cooler filled with empty Dr. Pepper cans to the bar like he did every night. Who the fuck is Tinker? Don't know. This is the first time he's been Tinker. mentioned in this book. Is he their, like, dog? I don't know. He called out five, Called out closing time, so. I, and I could see a dog doing that. Yeah. I hope it is. Yeah, this is already hey, a Tinker, huge fiction. Come here, Tinker. <laughs> Call out closing time. Oh, wait Tinker. till wait till you hear some of the other names. Shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, New it's Year's Kathy, Eve. Kathy, Travis, and Tinker. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. Yeah. So far that. So far that that you. And those heard. are all very. I knew a Kathy once. <laughs> Ack. And she she would be in this book. All right. Moving on. Moving on. New Year's Eve wasn't one bit different than Wednesday night in the middle of the summer. Closing time was closing time, and he'd always told the hangers-on that the it was time to go at five minutes until the hour. Like you normally do. Bar time. He was the size of a double-door refrigerator, shaved his big round head, and had eyes that could stop an armor-piercing bullet with one glance. But nothing makes me feel like a double-door refrigerator does, (laughs) and especially not a fucking dude. A double Okay, okay, a double-door refrigerator can't be compared to a person. (laughs) That's just insane. (laughs) That's more exciting than, like... Getting into heaven, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Anyways, folks might have the <clears throat> folks might have the balls to start a fight in the honky tonk, but they didn't keep them long enough to finish it. And no one argued with Tinker when he said that the honky tonk was shutting its doors in five minutes. Fucking <clears throat> Tinker is Tinker the, is it, being a dick. Tinker's the bar the bouncer. Yeah, this well, is just the first time I've heard his, his name, name has is, been mentioned. His, and his name, name is Tinker. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I'll get that money back next week, Garrett told Angel as he slung his arm around her shoulder and walked her out with her. Don't hold your breath until you do, Angel said. And don't bet the ranch on it, Merle said. You'd do well to buy a table and do some practicing at home, boy. Been thinking on that very thing, he said. Thanks for the kiss, Travis threw over his shoulder at Kathy as he followed them out. You're surely not welcome, Kathy hollered at him. He stopped so fast that he almost pitched forward before he caught his balance. What did you say? I said I said you are not welcome. If you ever do that again, I intend to whip your sorry ass, she said. There we go. That's a regular response. Yeah. What? (laughs) Better bring your lunch and your best friend. It'll be an all-day affair, he smarted off. Your lunch and your best friend? (laughs) Okay, then what are we doing? Tinker took a step. Kathy caught his eye and shook her head. I can take care of this. Tinker sat down on a bar stool, folded his massive arms across his chest, and said, You don't want to tangle with her, mister. 
Ever heard of an equalizer? Well, I'm her equalizer. She can't take care of you, then she nods at me, and believe me, I can. If the lady says she don't want another kiss from you, I reckon you damn sure better not kiss her again. Kathy was shocked. She had never heard that many words from Tinker all combined, much less at one time. Damn, Tinker's kind of cool, but also, why is his name Tinker? He's so huge. I'm glad that you're stuck on that. (laughs) I'm really stuck on this Tinker character. I'm sorry. Double door refrigerator, dude. I mean, no, I'm mostly stuck on the refrigerator now. (laughs) How much ice cream could you put in that freezer? If it was empty, probably a lot. On that note, I can't wait to bring ice cream home tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, I have the day off, and I'm just going to buy ice cream. Fuck yeah. For 24 fucking hours. That's what's up. Travis shot her a dirty look and stormed out of the joint. He hadn't gone into the beer joint with the intentions of making anyone angry. He thought the kiss was a damn fine one. Why was she so angry? Because you were being a fuckhead. Was the good-looking redneck woman married? Shit. Was she married to that bouncer? What the hell Or maybe she just didn't want a fucking stranger coming up and violating her personal space. While she was working. What a fucking concept. Yeah. Wild concept, Travis, you fucking chud. Dude, fuck Okay, I've had guys like hit on me, like while I'm working, and the literally the only thing I say is I'm working right now, dude. Yeah, like hey, I'm working. That's all. Like, like yeah, I'm asking, like I'm being friendly because because like because I'm serving you a fucking sandwich. I don't want to be like awkward the whole time and like silent. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. But, uh, yeah, I just don't want it to be, like, a totally silent thing if no one else is in there. And, like... They're just silently setting it. Yeah, like, may, like, you have to, like, wait for the microwave and that's the most, like, awkward thing in the world. Like, you're watching the time go on the microwave while they're, like, just sitting there in silence. So you're, like, I have to bring up something to say to this person. And then they take it to a weird place. When do you get off? How late do you work? I'm like, I'm just working. <laughs> That's all. I don't. Is that say, usually shut them down? No. Yeah, they they fucking like any other like anybody I've said that to. They're like, oh okay. Thank fucking god. Yeah. Because like, like I get kind of like anxiety every time I say it. Like, are they gonna be like, well? When do you work till? But I'm just like I'm just fucking. Well, not fucking. I can't say, but I, yeah. I'm just working, dude. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm I'm glad that that works. Oh God, because it's like cold enough, but not like dishonest or like yeah, like anything like insulting. It's just I'm just working. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just working here. Just leave me alone as far <laughs> as like I'm when I'm off work. I probably won't acknowledge your existence to be <laughs> honest. Because when I'm off work, I'm usually drinking. <laughs> Speaking of Holla. <laughs> 
Uh, I guess this is a good place as any to put in another pitch for alchemistkratom.com. again. <laughs> I will never stop doing that. Also, I will not. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I'm 100% leaving that like, silence in there. I was like, I need to see. <laughs> I right. like you guys. <laughs> We got ourselves a little scene change here. <clears throat> Kathy kicked off her sneakers and propped her feet on a table she had as she tilted up the long neck bottle of cores and oh, downed a fuck. fourth of it before coming up to for air with a big healthy burp. Of course. Oh, never mind. I can't insult you. I'm drinking a fucking peebers yeah and that is proof positive that i'm a redneck woman happy new year's to me she raised a bottle high and looked around at the mess it would take almost it would take most of the next morning to clean it but that was the life of a bar owner daisy had taught her that in the beginning have a bar have a beer to relax and go to bed after closing get up the next morning to sweep the mess and mop the floors restock prepare for that night's business the honky tonk phone was sitting at the bar the honky tonk which is the name of the bar phone sitting at the bar rang and she ran over to answer it caller id let her know it was daisy calling her from northern oklahoma daisy i survived she shouted excitedly into the phone i made through the first big holiday and everything went good except for one incident tinker only had to break up one fight and that was between two women who bared their claws over an old boyfriend tinker put them on the porch to cool off and they come back a few minutes later giggling like schoolgirls with their arms around each other i knew you'd do fine daisy said what are you still doing up kathy asked Party ain't over here, Daisy said. I just wanted to tell you Happy New Year. Kathy sighed. I miss you. Me too. Now what about the incident? I'd love to see your face when I can tell it, but here goes. Kathy told her story of being kissed on the dance floor by Travis Henry. Ew. Did you deck him? Daisy asked. No, I didn't. I was too damn shocked. Remember when we were 16 and you loaned me that old junker to go to the football game so I could watch Bobby Cole play? Remember he was a quarterback and I had a horrible crush on him? Daisy giggled. I remember that you totaled my car. Seems like I do remember you were going to a football game. Well, Travis Henry reminded me of that quarterback. I swear the devil sent him to here to tempt me. He's evidently a friend of Angel's and just passing through. The way his kiss made me go all gushy, it better it be better if he wasn't around. The temptation might send me right into another messy relationship. Ugh. My lips are still burning like hell from the kiss, and that was more than two hours ago. Think Sugar's mama has been play- praying to God to knock you off the wagon, Daisy asked. What wagon? I'm not an alcoholic, Kathy said. The WSPA wagon. You I've know. said that, Kathy. <laughs> I've said that so many fucking times. You lying. Never mind. You liar. <laughs> have you uh, 
have you uh you've been on the WPSA wagon, you what? know, the wild passionate sex anonymous wagon, Daisy teased. Have I been on that wagon? <laughs> no, because no. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> Touching is fucking weird sometimes. It's just not no. Touching is weird. Especially when it's like anonymous, like randos. Um, yeah, no, don't touch, no, and and if if we're not friends, just don't. Just, 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 just take it down a notch. Even sometimes, if we're friends, just don't. <laughs> yeah, just don't. keep your hands to yourself. Yeah, it's not that hard. I keep my hands to myself. <laughs> Sorry. That's like the worst song. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. I figured she'd be trying to fix me up through sugar, not praying for me. But one kiss isn't going to make me fall off my wagon yet. Got to go. Gerard is kissing my neck, and honey, I'm not on the wagon. Daisy giggled again, and the line went dead. Gerard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kathy slumped down on the nearest bar stool. Everything changes, everything stays the same. The honky-tonk hadn't changed a bit since she inherited it. The building was the same old weather wood saloon it had been for more than 40 years. The two jukeboxes still stood on the south wall with the pool tables. The bar still stretched out across the length of the back of the big rectangular room. The neon sign still flashed honky-tonk from 8 o'clock until 2. Jesus Christ. But the customers had changed, and yet they stayed the same, if that was possible. Human nature didn't change with time, blood, or tears. Folks who liked to party and shoot pool stayed in the same from one year to the next. Only their faces changed. A picture of Sugar, back in her glory days, flashed in Kathy's mind along with her mother and the curse she'd put on the unmarried folks at the reception. <laughs> Oh, man. Kathy moaned out loud. I do not want a husband. A nice long affair might be nice, though. <laughs> Say about six months worth of romping around with Travis Henry in a big kig size bag or a fancy motel with a jacuzzi. <laughs> She's looking for a sugar daddy. That is also oddly specific. King size bed, nothing else. And a jacuzzi, and a or a hotel with a jacuzzi, a fancy one. or a hotel with. She said hotel. She said hotel with a jacuzzi. Motel. A motel with a jacuzzi. <laughs> yes, that's again pretty specific places. Uh. <laughs> she fanned her face with the back of her hand. Get thee behind me, Satan. I've sworn off men, and besides, the way he kept looking at me says he damn sure wouldn't be interested if a, in a bartender for anything more than a quick one-night stand. One-night kiss. She tipped the bottle back again. She missed Daisy, even if she did enjoy having a bed and not having to pull out of the sofa every night, like she did when she and Daisy shared the apartment. She couldn't wish that things would go back to the way they were because Daisy was so happy. But sitting there in the deafening quietness, she wished that she had someone to share the rest of the night with. Oh. 
Share it with your brain, man. <laughs> Share it with that beer, dude. You got all that fucking beer there. You say either way, beer or your brain. Sometimes or it's both. nice to just be like, I rock and I'm the only person I want to treat. Sometimes it's nice to treat yourself with uh, some Alchemist Kratom from alchemistkratom.com. Treat yourself. 2017. Christ. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> sorry. fucking rules. <clears throat> Alchemist Kratom. Soup hits. What? What the fuck? What's happening? Anyways, not, not on the record. She looked across the dance floor at the door into her apartment. Oh, so her apartment's just in the bar? Jesus Christ. What? No, I've I've been there. Sick. I rented an apartment that was connected to a bar. Fuck. Yes. And a, That sounds real and healthy. Joe. That sounds dope, actually. Actually, it was kind of cool because that was... Because you could, like, learn how to punch the shit out of people and then also get wasted. No, exactly. And that's what they had me do. (laughs) That's what they had me do after I got choked out there. Or not choked out, but, like, choked by this, like, rando who just, like, came up and was like, you're pretty. And, like, the bartender... Or the owner of the bar and like a couple of like his buddies were like inside and they came out and were like, She looks real uncomfortable, dude. <laughs> and he pretty much left right away because they owned the MMA fighting. Thing. Yeah. So they owned the the dojo. Brandon was one of like the top fighters there and the guy would have been leaving in an ambulance if they would have seen that. <laughs> I was like even when it was happening, I was kind of like, you're so lucky. <laughs> I know. Because he didn't like, he didn't like strangle me. He yeah. just like grabbed my throat, which is just not cool. Yeah. Like, that's boundaries not... like this. Like if he would have like kissed me then too, I would have been like, oh, I would have been way more pissed. Yeah. But uh, just like, yeah, like it, it wasn't like. He even like held it that much, but like squeezed for a second, and then ew, ew is totally right. No, ew is exactly. But uh, <laughs> exactly. luckily, that's when people walked out. Like, yeah, the owner, some of like his friends and stuff, like saw it and were just like, "Hey, dude." She doesn't look like she likes you being around too much. And <laughs> you should probably get out of here. Anyway. That was uh that was a peek in the Pop Tarts Pete's uh past. <laughs> there. <laughs> Yowza. I mean like that. I'm sorry. Just oh shit. <laughs> Cut that all out. Okay. My bad. No, it's fine. Or whatever you want. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Are you sure you've only had a beer and a shot? Yeah, but I've also smoked two bowls. Oh, okay. That's and what's going I haven't on. Really eating a lot today. That's it's it's, it's the it's the holy the holy trifecta. And I'm like, oh no. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, 
She looked across the dance floor into her apartment. She didn't even have to go outside and drive to her home, but the distance from the table to the door looked about 20 miles to her sore, tired feet. Back eight years ago when Daisy inherited the apartment with the job, it came with one rule, no men in the apartment. Ruby had told Daisy that she didn't care if she got laid, but to do it in a hayloft or a motel. What the fuck? I don't care if I get laid. Just, just do it somewhere else. Yeah. Just do it in some hay. Get some shit in there. Yeah, just get some <laughs> dry, pokey, shitty grass all over yourself. All up in everything. <laughs> nope. Mm, somewhere away from the honky-tonk, so she'd have to... Uh, let me re- read that sentence. Somewhere away from the honky-tonk, so she'd have time to think before she acted. Because the apartment's, like, tied to the bar, you know? So she's an alcoholic. <laughs> Hey-o. Hey-o. Daisy had abided by it and told Kathy it would save her a ton of heartache if she had done the same. The question of whether she would or not never came up until that moment. Would she let Travis into her apartment if he showed up? No. <laughs> a Probably cold... you should not. <laughs> yeah, a uh, pro tip. Probably if he just showed up, you should be like, why the fuck are you here and how do you know where I live? <laughs> the end. The end. Of that interaction well, ever. He knows where she lives because... She lives at the bar. But still, he shouldn't show up at her place. After like, closing hey, time. Hey, I'm allowed up? to be here because I kissed you out of the random and made you feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, I'm just going to show up at your place. Romance novels are fucking garbage. Is That's so romantic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want that to happen. Oh, it's Never. my dream. <laughs> Fuck. My nightmare. Fuck. <laughs> A cold breeze waved over Kathy and made her shiver. Is the fucking bar door open? <laughs> Where'd this breeze come from? There's a lot the of questions here. In the back. Oh. No, it was. Does Ruby's spirit still live in the tonk? She wondered as she forced her tired legs to stand up and turn off the honky tonk lights. Like a bar ghost? <laughs> Yup, I think it does. It has to be the spirit of the honky tonk, or else I <laughs> don't have to be that cowboy's genius. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I can't read right now. It has to be the spirit of the honky tonk, or else I don't have that cowboy's jeans around his ankles and it'd be on his back in my bed. I'm a grown woman. I don't pine after what I can't have. I go after it or I let it go. I'll decide later which one I intend to do. Probably won't have to decide, though, because he won't ever come back here again. The living room still had the same leather sofa Daisy had left behind and the entertainment unit that housed a television, a CD, and a CD player. Kathy added a rocking chair with bright yellow cushions and a grouping of pictures of her family on the wall behind the sofa. Scented candles were scattered everywhere, aromas blending to give the whole aroma... The whole apartment, the smell of a candle shop. So she's a candle uh, person. It's like the Walmart, like, send candle section. Me and my sister used to do dares. Yeah. We'd go into, like, a Safeway. 
and pick up like the most disgusting sounding candle <laughs> and take a huge whiff of it and try not to like make a face or puke. <laughs> Just like huffing candles scents. We huffed candles as a dare. <laughs> And that's why Pop-Tart Pete is the way she is. That explains a lot. Bada bing. (laughs) 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 Kathy looked at the picture of her mother and father on their wedding day. They'd both been gone for several years now, but time hadn't erased the longing to talk to them. There was an old black and white photo of her grandparents and several of her and Daisy when they were kids when they went fishing in Grandpa's, Grandpa Odell's pond, making cookies with Granny Odell, camping out at the foot of the mountain with the whole family. Perched on the television and end tables were photos of happy times in the Mingus. What is a Mingus? Mingus is the town. Okay. Thank you. I Kath- was super Sorry. confused. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Kathy and Daisy... At Daisy's wedding the previous fall, one of Kathy just seconds after she caught the bride's bouquet. Evidently, that old wives' tale about the girl who caught the bouquet being the next bride was an urban myth. Joe Bob and Billy Bob had both <laughs> beat her to the altar and had st- stopped coming to the honky-tonk when they did. Yeah, those are characters. Really, just just... Batting a hundred at this, just going I right home. I don't really know what to say about Joe Bob and Billy Bob. <laughs> Those are real characters. Oh man, it's so hard to not laugh right now. Nothing, be it man, woman, or an angel with a golden halo walking on a tightrope bearing roses and singing Redneck Woman, would keep her from the honky tonk. That was the pure God Goron damn teed gospel. And that could be written in stone and popped up beside the neon honky tonk sign. Who wrote this book? Uh, Carolyn Brown. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Mullen. That was the stupidest joke I've ever said in my life. Oh, that was pretty good, though. (laughs) That's staying in for sure. God damn. No. What is it? Why? I'm glad I came to Mingus, and I'm so tired. If I don't get a shower, I'm going to fall down on this floor and wake up tomorrow morning smelling like the bottom of a two-day-old ashtray. (laughs) She mumbled. Been there. She tossed her jeans and T-shirt into the general direction of the hamper at the end of the hallway and headed for the bathroom where she let the water warm up before she stepped inside. She lathered up her hair and then let the hot spray beat down her tired shoulders. When she finished, she wrapped up in a towel, padded back to the bedroom, and put on her favorite pair of red flannel pajamas before slipping into the big king-size bed. Ooh, why is there so much room in your bed? I might not have to put the fear of God into Travis, but that look he shot at me as he left said he never set foot in the tonk again. I wonder what he does for a living. Is he a rancher like Gerard, or is he a professional football player for the Dallas Cowboys? Whatever it is he does, whatever he is or does, he's one fine-looking cowboy, and his kisses are delicious. Gross. 
She grosses me out as much as he does. <laughs> Just saying. No. She fell asleep quickly and dreamed about Travis. Oh, God, gross. They were arguing on the porch of the honky-tonk about whether or not she was going to sell it. What? Okay, is this foreshadowing in the most fucking obvious way? I'm going to say probably. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody underlined that when they bought this and read it 50 times. Normally, Cassie slept until 10 or 11 o'clock, but the next morning she sat straight up in bed, glanced at the clock to see that it was only 8.30, and grabbed her head in an attempt to erase the crazy dream as well as all the racket. She never heard so much noise in her life, not even the countdown when all the women were yelling, hell yeah, the night before. It sounded like Armageddon had arrived in the middle of a hurricane and tornado combined. She's hungover. So she's hungover. <clears throat> Rookie. She threw back the covers and jumped out of bed, already getting a speech ready for whoever or whatever was making so much racket. She pulled up the mini blinds to discover a backhoe digging a trench right down beside a property line to the road. Men were hanging on to hang on the electric poles like monkeys and palm trees. Chainsaws were tearing up the forest where the deer and wild possum lived. A plumber's truck pulled in and two men threw open the back door and, and commenced to hauling out various looking black tubing and everywhere men were just yelling above the machinery. She jerked a fleece-lined leather jacket over her faded flannel pajamas and stepped across the bedroom and living room, cussing all the way. She slung open the front door, expecting her very presence, and drop-dead looks would quiet the noise and put the world to right. It didn't. Cold wind rushed across her bare feet, and shivers danced up her spine. She slammed the door and shoved her feet into a warm pair of brown cowboy boots. Frozen grass crunched under her feet with every step. Her angle, anger, I could be your angle or your devil. Or angel if you spell it differently. (laughs) Yeah. Her anger was fueled (laughs) to the overfull level by the time she reached the edge of the woodland area. Leave it to a bunch of idiot men to make a mistake and start tearing up the wrong property. When she got through with them, they'll have all their little tails tucked between their legs and glad to go home and watch the New Year's Day parade on their television sets. Why the hell were they working on New Year's Day? Didn't they know it was a holiday? Someone had made a major mistake. That lion belonged to Amos, and he was going to be madder than a rabid coyote when she called him. She felt around her coat pocket, but her cell phone was in the apartment. Besides, she couldn't hear jack shit with all the noise going on anyway. An enormous tree fell, landed so close to her backside that the dead branches tangled up in her hair. She grabbed her head and ducked. Lady, what the hell are you doing out here? The tree trimmer yelled. What the hell are you doing out here? Getting ready for a trailer to be brought in for Monday, he said. She gritted her teeth until her her jaws ached. She was truly living a nightmare. Maybe not the one where that sexy hunk of a cowboy was arguing with her, but a bad, bad dream still. What was she going to do with neighbors? And why in the devil would they want to live right behind a noisy beer joint? 
a familiar voice called behind her. Hey, Kathy. She whirled to see almost only a few feet from her. What are you doing here? I didn't think about all this noise and confusion interrupting your beauty sleep, but it wouldn't last but a couple of days. We'll have the trailer in by Monday, and then it'll be quiet around here again. Trailer? Nobody asked me if I wanted a trailer on my land, she hollered, even though he was right behind her. It's not on your land. Honky Tonk Land ugh, Honky Tonk Land ends one foot behind your garage. Think about where you mow the backyard, Kathy. All the acres behind it belong to me, almost said. Oh, all the air left her lungs. Almost took her arm and led her back to the honky tonk. Come inside. I'll explain. When they went inside the apartment, she shook his shook off his hand and threw a coat on the couch. It's not a nightmare, is it? She moaned. No, it's not a dream. I'm really putting a business back here, at least a temporary one. It'll be their last two months, maybe longer. Almost pulled up a chair in the small kitchen table and hung his coat over the back before sitting. You gonna make me coffee or you want me to do it? I'll make coffee. You explain, she said. Almost chuckled. Kathy reminded him more of Ruby than Daisy ever did. Slow to wake, grumbling when she did. Neither of the Odell women looked like Ruby and Daisy didn't even act like her. But if he shut his eyes and didn't look at Kathy, she could be Ruby's daughter. I'd thought I'd put my business trailer over on my property next to Tinker's rent house. But there will be times where there'll be equipment parked around and kids live there. So I changed my mind at the last minute. Meant to come by and tell you, but got all involved with the holiday parties at work and just forgot. Merle's niece, Angel, is going to work for me, but you already know that. She's been the honky-tonk pretty often. The rig crew will be in and out and in the daytime. The trailer I'm putting back here will mainly be an office and will shield the side of the smaller Travis Taylors and the rig crew that we'll live in. Ah, so there shouldn't be a conflict of interest here. If we hit oil in this area, I may put up more permanent office building. If not, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get here. Sorry I didn't tell you before. You promise all that noise will stop by Monday? Cross my heart. Had to pay out the noise to get these men out here had to pay out the nose to get these men out here on new year's day but i want this place up and running come monday 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 morning he went to the kitchen and poured two cups of coffee kathy eyed him he didn't look 70 he damn sure didn't look like he dressed up in leather and rode motorcycles with a gang out in dallas on weekends either that morning he looked part the part of a businessman in his khakis and starch blue shirt. Gray hair rimmed his otherwise bald head, and his lean face was etched in deep wrinkles. He handed her a cup of coffee and sat back down. No men in the apartment, she said. Amos's eyes twinkled. I was part of the reason Ruby made that rule. I don't expect it at, at my age there's a chance I'm going to get lucky with you, is there? Kathy grinned and slipped sipped the hot coffee not today okay then i'm going out to supervise the work i'll bring the cup back before i leave oh besides the trailer they'll use for an office they're bringing in gravel this weekend there'll be 20 travel trailer spaces back there for the oil crew it's probably only for a couple months and then it'll all be gone he said she swallowed quickly and kept from spewing her coffee on the carpet
I'll get back to you out there and make sure it's all coming along. By Monday, you can sleep until noon again. He opened the door and said, come come right in out of the cold. Kathy looked up to see who he was inviting her apart in it, but surely it wasn't. It was. Almost threw an arm around Angel's shoulder. Kathy, I don't know if you've ever met my new team. This is Angel Avery, Merle's niece. This is the best damn petroleum engineer in the whole state of Texas, Travis Henry. He's been working for me for several years. The trailer's living room will house our office, and one bedroom will serve as a filling room. The other one is where Travis will be living in the next couple of months. Meet your temporary new neighbor, Travis, this is Kathy O'Dell. She owns the honky-tonk. Kathy mumbled something. Travis muttered a hello. Angel patted Amos's arm. We were at the honky-tonk last night for the New Year's Eve party. I whooped Garrett McElroy's ass in pool, but just barely. <laughs> just... Looking at that cowboy almost put me off my game, and Travis kicked Ka- kissed Kathy. I didn't know she owned the place, Travis said with clenched teeth. What the hell had he done? At least he didn't see that enormous bouncer anywhere in the small apartment, so maybe he wasn't on a hit list. Not yet, anyway. Damn, Travis. I swear you have no tact. Forgive him, Kathy. He's outside material. I'll try to get him housebroken so he won't be a horrible neighbor, Angel Tease. You kiss Kathy? Almost asked. New Year's kiss. You can bet it won't ha- ever happen again, Travis said. That's right, Kathy smarted off. Well, it looks like you two got things worked out between you. Let's get on out of here and let Kathy go back to sleep. She's unbearable when she first wakes up. We don't want to get bit, almost chuckled and ushered them out to the porch. Kathy rolled up into a ball and groaned. He would be living within spitting distance of her back door, so much for not having to have to deal with him ever again. Pop-Tart Pete has disappeared into the night. We're almost done with this fucking chapter and this fucking podcast. This week's podcast. Why the devil didn't you tell me the bartender was the owner? Travis sputtered when they were outside. Angel ignored the question and explained to Amos. Travis kissed her at the stroke of midnight without asking. Amos threw back his head and roared. Never a dull moment at the honky-tonk, is there? I can't wait to tell. He stopped. Who? Angel asked. No one. Just a slip of the tongue. So you kissed Kathy without her permission and you are alive? Count your blessings, Travis. Amos asked. Or Amos said. Why? You'll figure it out. Well, I thought the owner was some old broad and that the bartender was just hired help, he groaned. He'd never tell Elmos and Angel that the kiss stayed hot on his lips for hours and that the barmaid, Kathy, had been in his dreams all night. Angel poked him in the ribs. That's what happens when you think about anything other than finding oil. For the next eight weeks, I'm staying in the field and looking of thinking of nothing but oil, he declared. Almost chuckled. Don't lie to me, son. If you think you can kiss someone that looks like Kathy and never ever think of her again, there's something terrible gone wrong in that brain that's been working for me in all these years. And that's the end of chapter one of the acclaimed romance novel, Hell Yeah. Pop-Tart Pete, while you're making a bagel, you got got any closing thoughts on that? On this? 
more like bagel, Pete. Am I right? Travis. Travis Henry. He needs to watch his back. <laughs> Anyways, Pop Tar Pete thinks that um thinks that people should uh know what boundaries are as yeah. far as touching other people <laughs> with your lips or anything and everything else and everything else <laughs> unless that person is cool with it otherwise just don't yeah don't don't do things without people's consent yo. you know even like simple things just don't do it I don't care how bold and Travis you think you are you're still a piece of shit, Travis. And I hate you. <laughs> You're still crossing boundaries. And I'm going to choke slam you onto and the crossing ground. Crossing boundaries because... is simply just not cool. And it should be a common sense thing, I think. Correct. But apparently common sense isn't that common. hey hey On a real level. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Pop-Tart P has to say. All right. Dropping the mic. Okay. Literally drop it, though. Drop it. Yeah, that's what I'm fucking talking about. I'm not editing any of that out. (laughs) Don't care. I'm posting this. No editing. No, it's fine. (laughs) All right. Pop Tart Pete did not pick up the mic after she <laughs> dropped it. On the record, for the record. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the end of that. We got through it. We got a, this week's podcast without skipping again. Um, sick. We will be back next week with probably a guest and hopefully from here on with guests. And if it doesn't work out, we can always uh, continue on to chapter two of Hell Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Normal stuff. Patreon.com slash bad podcast. Shout out to Alex for being the only one who signed up to that right now. Um, more people should do that. Um, and everyone who said they're gonna like talk about Alchemist Kratom on their podcast, haven't heard it yet. So, uh, all your listeners should, uh, be our listeners now. That's how it works. We get them. Um, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah. Boring. Mm Mm-hmm.